Take three. Take three. Hello, you're listening to Talking Out of Slot, the podcast about play. No, start again. <laughs> Take four. <laughs> You're listening to Talking Out of Slot, the podcast about having fun with toy cars. My name's Scott. And I'm Nick. And today is newsy sort of day thing. It. Newsy. Well, it was news the first time we recorded it, but we're now on the fourth attempt because yeah, of bored of it now. technical difficulties. <laughs> Looking forward to 2025. So, so, so if we don't sound too thrilled by the, the announcements... <laughs> It's because we've already we've kind of lived it already, really. Well, let's be anyway, honest. It's because a lot of stuff was already announced in 2023. Um, there is a certain there is a certain déjà vu just about the whole thing, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go through. Well, we didn't even the first time go through the brand by brand. <laughs> we're certainly not going to do it this time. Um, mm. So what we're going to do is try and just what comes to mind, what we can, yes. what's what's caught our eye, as the saying goes. Um, so I'm going to let Nick go first. What caught your eye, Nick? SCX, SCX, ah. um, with um, the one that really got me excited was the Sebastian Loeb Hyundai, mm-hmm. um, because it's in the correct Hyundai blue, which has now been dropped for this year. Um, but then again, it's not a Rally One hybrid; it's a WRC car. Um, so uh, yeah, Loeb, the goat, the maestro. Um, Almost one rally turkey in 2020, making those of us of a slightly less than young demeanor very, very excited indeed. Um, I did an interview with Lerb in 2020 for the 70th anniversary of Autosport magazine. It was his first interview in English since 2006, because why would you ever bother interviewing Sebastian Lerb? Um <laughs> Anyway, we did that, and he was lovely, and he explained the cultural divide in French rallying, because it's sort of the flip side of of Britain. Um, So over there, rallying happens in the south, and he was from the north, which kind of put a few noses out of joint. Um, He went down the FFSA, the French uh, Motorsport Authority, holds an annual talent competition. Did you hear that, Motorsport UK? Um, where you get a fully funded drive. Um, and Lerb went down and blitzed everyone at his first attempt. But because he wasn't from the South and he didn't know anyone and it's all mates, uh, he didn't get the drive. It went to somebody whose father knew somebody else's father who was on the board. So he went back in the second year and he didn't quite win it. Um, but uh, And so he didn't get the drive again. Uh, but there was another guy from the north who had a team who sort of spotted a bit of potential in this young chap who was actually an electrician on building sites at the time. And, um, yeah, there you go, you see. He's a proper blue-collar boy. Mm. And, um, yeah, so he got uh, a foot on the ladder that way and then obviously came into WRC and blitzed everybody. Um, And you can see the prejudice in um, Didier Oriol on the San Remo rally when uh, he blitzed Oriol in a very old and worn out uh, Toyota Corolla WRC. And um, it was throwing it down with rain. It was quite foggy. And um, yeah, Oriol was interviewed at the end of the stage. and was like, did you expect to be beaten by this new kid? He was like, no, but he's from the north and they like the rain. So... um, (laughs) 
there you go. Here, it's, it's a different story. It's kind of in the north and west. Um, not many people from the south. Richard Burns always got sort of sideways looks from people for being a southerner. Yes, it's not. It's an unusual. I mean, it's just the way it works, I suppose. Um, touring cars are about the same. Touring car drivers seem to be from up north mostly. Um, yeah. I guess it's the cost of living. You know, down south everybody's paying money just to have a house. Uh, <laughs> up, up north they can afford rally cars and race cars. I'm guessing. I may be. I may be um, What caught my? I mean, the all the Yaris, the new Yaris rally car, SEX are doing that, which is very welcome. That will be a running mate for the Puma. Um, yep. Obviously, it appeals to me on my uh, Toyota connections. Um, but also, they're doing more. Uh, there's a one, uh, a Mirafiori 131, new livery on that. That's always welcome. And a new Lancia Delta Integrale. So, basically, those are standard order by now. If there's a new 131 or a Delta, I've got to have it. Um, and the good news, or the bad news from my pension, is that the Hobby Classic are also commissioning another livery on a 131 um, from SEX. So we'll have two 131s this year, uh, which is great. So that's It's an know, investment, Scott. It's, you know... Uh, keep reminding me of that because... Uh, I, an I don't, SCX 131, you just need to look on eBay. It's fine. Even uh, with a Mabuchi motor instead of an RX, it will be soaring. It, It'll be soaring, will it? Um, I'll remind you of that when I start do finally. How did you get on at this swap meet? I'm just remembering about selling stuff. What was that? You yeah, three hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, but that you had to sell a lot of cars to get that. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, let's not think about selling them. That's that's possibly for someone else to do when I'm no longer around. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> God, God help them. I've told. Uh, I've told. Brian, just to phone Gareth, he knows how to get rid of the swap cars. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth just called Mark Scale. Exactly, about that one year. I said to Mark Be Scale, sure to write your name on the bottom of each car. So yeah, yeah, no, there won't be any of that. And every swap meet. Yeah, no, I, I said to Mark years ago, I said, all, all this, you sell this stuff and it all comes back to you eventually. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of, uh, I mentioned Hobby Classic briefly there. The other thing Hobby Classic uh, showed in the catalogue, which has been, I think, in the catalogue for a couple of years, not like fly, I think they're just getting around to doing it, is a huge bus, uh, some sort of 30s German bus thing, I think. Uh, it looks a bit like the one out of the end of where he was there, but it's it's huge, long. I mean, it's going to be the longest slot car model ever. Um I probably wouldn't buy one, but I'm really glad they make things. I don't know why. I think it was entered, officially was entered in the Monte Carlo Rally uh, or some rally or other. So the bus, it's not just a quirky, let's make a bus. It is actually uh, a rally car. So um, that. the other thing is, and I spoke to the guy from Hobby Classic many months ago at, at Gaydon. As my understanding of it is, it's a universal timing system. Um, now, since I spoke to him, and now I've discovered Lap Tracker app on the phone, which is the best thing since sliced bread for timing slot cars, as far as I'm concerned, because it works on the phone and you just have to prop the phone up beside the track. So dead simple. But until that had come along, lap timing systems are pretty ancient and expensive, weren't they? I mean, you know, even DS systems, which are still, they must be 20 odd years old, they're still commanding huge amounts of money. So it was quite exciting that there was a, a universal or a new system coming along. So those are those are interesting stuff. Um, 
what else caught your eye from? Who should we go to next? Should we go to well, Hobby Classics? Done the Mercedes one nineties, so <gasps> yes, there is now yes. a lightweight Group N or Group A spec uh, Mercedes one ninety body to drop on to your um, slotted Mercedes one ninety TTM chassis. So they're a bit overscale when it comes to width, but it is a road car shape as opposed to an Evo DTM shape car. Um, now, these are coming as kits, and they're already available as a body kit, um, but the decorated RTR ones are coming as the four of the cars from the Formula One driver one-make race at the new then Nürburgring in 1984 when it reopened um, after the Nordschleife was sort of slightly pensioned off um, in terms of safety and a new F1 standard track was built. So you've got Senna won the race and that made his name and that car is obviously done. Um, there is Lauda's car because Lauda was, I think, the guy who ran him closest in that race. A um, couple of others, I can't remember who, don't think John Watson's a feature, sadly. And um, yeah, Alan Jones, I think there's an Alan Jones car, is there? Might be. 83, who was, who, I guess, just the key drivers from 83, wouldn't it? That would be the... Or 84. And... Um... Was it 84? Yeah, because okay. Senna was in the tournament. Which, hey, guess what? There's a Senna Tolman coming. 15 years after it was first announced. <laughs> yes, we're talking about Fly here. Yes. Uh, I, I love Fly. I love Fly cars. Uh, and, you know, as many re-liveries of the Renault 5 Turbo that they want to make, I'm happy to buy. But they've had a number of vehicles in the catalogue as coming soon for some time. Uh, and one of which is the Sierra Cosworths or the Sapphire Cosworth, the saloon one of the rally car. Uh, but also, as you've just uh, intimated, a Tolman F1 car uh, driven by Senna. Um, I'm sure they'll be great when they finally get here. Uh, and so we, you know, we, we just got so time. excited about these cars collectively when they were announced in 2009. Um, it was a Senna collection. It was the <laughs> announcement of the Slot Wings subbrand, one of many subbrands of Fly, which was announced in that period for whatever reason. There mm-hmm. are many nefarious suggestions, but um, there was Slot Wings was announced. It would be the Ayrton Senna collection. Um, and of that collection, we only ever saw the Williams FW08C, the 83 Formula One car, a personal favourite of mine, and one that actually I've never bought because the model is ghastly. The nose is too short, the front wheels are too big, the driver is gigantic, and it's got that stupid offset drive shaft widget arrangement on the motor. So there is absolutely no appeal to the... Um, Williams FW08C that has been produced. And so we await with bated breath. And if you've had your breath baited for 15 years, good luck. The Tolman coming from Fly. But not the. Uh, <laughs> and another thing. The uh, uh, Brabham BT52, which is probably my favourite Formula One car. And it was announced 15 years ago. Where is it? Where is it? Not on this list. So it'll be sixteen years we have to Did, wait for that. No, I, I don't. Okay, I'm going to. I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this, so I'm not leading you consciously into any trouble. But my imagined scenario is that somewhere along that time, Fly and 
what became SRC, kind of like a splitting cell divided. And did some of the SRC stuff, was that what would have been Fly stuff? And that was all the people who were doing the development of the models and therefore Fly were stuck having to kind of redo liveries on old things? I don't know. That's I don't... kind of my made-up explanation, but I don't okay. know if, it's true. if I, you, no, I'd forgotten so. that there was any historic link between SRC and Fly, but I know that the original cars were fairly similar in like chassis and stuff, the, the Capri and the Porsche 908, sorry, 907, um, that they came out with first are very Fly-like in standard and the form. F1 cars. Hmm. Yeah, but those those they now yeah. by well, the time the F ones came out, they were going chrono, weren't they, with whizzy bits and suspension and have we died again? Uh, yeah, it, it evolved on again. No, I think you're. I think we're. I think you're moving slowly. There's the upload number hasn't collapsed, but okay, nice. This may have to be edited out, or we may leave it in. The trials and tribulations of modern podcasting. Um, so we've done fly. We've talked about SCX. Um. Carrera. Oh, classic. We're done. Carrera. I thought that Carrera. Carrera, for me, uh, Carrera are, you know, I think they've done, I think the range of Carrera is on balance better than anybody else's. Uh, but I'm, as you pointed out previously, I'm a big GT3 fan, so that's probably why that is. But because of that, they've got not only a new 911 GT3, not the old RSR, but the, a genuinely new 911 GT3, and also the new Ferrari, um, which they sponsor a real one in, in endurance races, so obviously that livery will come, a Revel Carrera liveried car, but also the car that won Nürburgring last year, just won the class at Daytona, uh, so I'm mean, beginning of a, a long and happy career for that car, I imagine, so really delighted. They showed the pictures from Nürburgring show a I think fairly finished white car, um, which looks good. I buy it. I mean, the, the detail on the body and the shape looks fantastic. So that was very exciting. I like that. I know you know lots of re liveries of nine three fives and BMW Group Five turbos and all that sort of stuff. But uh, the Ferrari was the thing that really caught my eye. I, my eye was caught by a BMW, a modern BMW with Total uh, branding on it. Because mm, it's a nice livery, nice livery. Yeah. The relation, the commercial relationships with Shell, and Shell spends a fortune on BMW Motorsport programs as part of its partnership, because that's what you have to do if you're an OEM supplier these days, because they can't get sponsors any other way. So they lean on their suppliers and say, "Wouldn't it be nice if we achieve something together in motorsport?" Um, so <laughs> having a, uh, having a BMW with total branding on it, uh, in the era of shell paying when they had to work so hard to oust Castrol as the, uh, incumbent, uh, lubricant partner, it's, uh, well, that's my, an interesting in, one. In my, in my experience, what usually happens is it's things like first fill or to be, um, there's uh, no money in first fill to be the few recommended you sure? Yeah. Uh, so not a lot of volume. Anyway, the um, so it's things like that which they might uh, even aftermarket. Where it's at. You know, aftermarket. Yes. Uh, but oil companies were even paying for dealership computer systems and things. Uh, you know, basically providing funding. Um, there was you know, a loan at very preferable rates just to get the oil in as being their uh, preferred choice when they're filling it. Same with tires. You know, a lot of that stuff ends up being that way. But yes, there's an accounting. 
message going on which says that you know this company is sponsoring us uh, and we just so coincidentally have had a massive deal on buying stuff from them um, <laughs> but this is another one well bwt yeah, that's an awful lot of water filters isn't it anyway the um apparently every uh, single floor of every building owned by daimler has a bwt water fountain on it hmm. Even so, that's an awful lot of, that's an awful, <laughs> you know, I can sort of imagine there's enough profit in cans of Red Bull to, to fund all that stuff. <laughs> but but you touch on something which I should be careful what I'm saying because it's highly libelous. Um, this is particularly true of endurance racing, which regular listeners know I love. Um, the number of very well-funded cars and teams with no apparent commercial sponsor, and I'm going to pick just one, uh, Iron Links, Iron mm. Dames. So there's cars being run in the World Endurance Championship, there's been run in IMSA. What is an Iron Dames? I mean, what can I buy? What is an Iron Links? Where is the money coming from for that? I mean, if it's just some very, very rich person who likes motor racing and wants to spend all this money, Fabulous, great. We get to enjoy that stuff, but really, you know, Scott, you know better after after this long. <laughs> never to ask where the money comes where from. Where the money comes from, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, these cars with the very very little written on the side of them uh, and millions. I mean, you know, it is literally millions to run the well, one. The cars themselves must cost what half a million quid. Yeah, yeah, and Iron, um, Iron Links also has a Formula Four team because they are there's a Girls on Track is the FIA initiative for getting young <laughs> female drivers um, into the sport, and one of the prizes for the fifteen and over, I think there's a eight eight to fifteen and fifteen and over categories or whatever, was a fully funded season of Formula Four with Iron Dames. Yeah, I mean the other one. I mean it's great. You know, the the that dinosaur liveried nine eleven that's been racing on both sides of the world. Um, who's who's paying for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's a, it's an interesting car to look at, and you know, the, as a fan favorite. But where is the commercial tire? And you know, it's their problem, not mine. But anyway, uh, so we'll, we should probably move moving swiftly on. But, but moving swiftly on to um, Carrera's NASCARs. Which yes. are um, of interest to me um, and many others, because obviously we haven't had any new NASCARs since 2007 when the Car of Tomorrow was launched um, and SCX and Scale Electric and Carrera, in fact, produced them. Um, Carrera did a mild update when the Car of Tomorrow was turned into the Car of Yesterday because it was awful and the drivers hated it. Um, so Carrera did a slight tweaking to the aero package, as did NASCAR. But now we're in Gen 7, and um, the new era of common parts, so you don't fabricate anything as a team anymore. Um, tolerances are minimal, and cars are supposed to be identical. What they've learned is, of course, that it makes overtaking damn near impossible, because if everyone's got the same kit and they're all running at the same speed, uh, what do you do? You just sit in a convoy for the three and a half hours. Um, Isn't that what NASCAR is anyway? Forgive me, I don't follow no, it closely. No, no. Uh, I, I refer I, you to the fall 2000 <laughs> Talladega race 
when the legend that was Dale Earnhardt went from 17th. That's 23 years ago. Four years ago. 24 years ago. 24 years ago. Yeah. So um, as inadmissible as evidence, I'm afraid. Well, the race that got me into into NASCAR was the Winn-Dixie 250. So it was the second tier, what's now the Xfinity series at Daytona. And going into the final corner, there were 14 cars that could have won it. And eight of them crashed, and the guy came through from about 10th to win it. Why and it was very exciting. Any time I watch, I'm being deliberately, any time I watch, uh, it comes down to a you know, green flag, whatever, two laps to go. And basically, then there's a huge oh, yeah, yeah. barn. <laughs> so, why, so why not just run two laps? You know, it would save everybody the trouble. I'm, I'm being gross. I was lucky enough to go to a NASCAR race, um, asterisk, because it was in California and it rained. <laughs> Fingers, I go California rains. <coughs> so the race didn't happen until the Monday, by which time we were on the plane back to England. But anyway, I did get to see the the qualifying and the, some of the running. I think they tried. I think they started the race and then had to stop. Anyway, the sight and sound, the sound of thirty two, thirty six, whatever it is, thirty odd V eight cars with no no silencers echoing off a concrete bowl is just amazing and um uh, but as a sport as a as a motorsport activity uh, i'd rather watch i don't know see i love it from start to finish there's absolutely nothing i do not love about it and it's and, and i can be a fan because i don't know where the bodies are buried i've never worked in it i'm never going to so um i can enjoy it for what it is and um so yeah i'm quite delighted that there are some new cars um, they are the four Hendrick Motorsport entered Chevrolet Camaros. So you've got Kyle Larson, who is generally agreed to be the finest driving talent in North America these days. He's so adaptable at everything. Uh, you've got... Um, it's completely gone. Hold on. <laughs> well, the names. Just, you can Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase Elliott. Exactly. They just, it's a bit like Japanese grocery stores. They kind of take a word and stick it with another one. Well, Chase Elliott my, is the, the son of the beloved uh, former champion, Bill Elliott. Awesome, Billy Elliott. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. And, uh, so a NASCAR driver names his child after the end of season. <laughs> <laughs> the Chase. Well, what I love is there's Awesome Bill from Dawsonville and then there's Chase oh. from the same place. See, this is, I can see why it appeals. You being a wordsmith, I can see where the appeal comes from. <laughs> um, uh, and then you've got Willie B, William Byron, and uh, the other one who doesn't win as much. So you've got. Um... <laughs> well, we should say you have recently uh, been enthused and spread that enthusiasm to me for a Netflix series, a sort of so called fly on the wall documentary about NASCAR. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, cut and paste. Every sport is now doing fly on the wall documentary on Netflix. Um, but um, sadly, there's no pandemic to trap people at home and watch, to watch them it yeah. and get enthusiastic well, because that's what well, Formula One uh, had. It's like bloody Bake Off, isn't it? Really <laughs> but anyway, the um, and I've watched a couple, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's uh, it's all about the people, really. Um, it's a bemusing sport, though. That's sport in the loosest terms, um, because it's you know. It's impossible to follow, even and I, I feel sorry for novices because you're you're following a driver and you see him at a race and the car has got a certain livery on it, a colour, and at the next race the car is completely different livery. 
Yes. <laughs> well, what's is that the same guy? Is that, so yeah, I mean it's um it is a bit odd. And then all the wives and girlfriends and all that kind of stuff. I have to be careful what I say, but you know, um these people spend a lot of time looking the way they look. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it's fine if that's how you want to spend your time. But it did make me, as I was idly watching and wondering uh, where this was all going, I thought, wouldn't, you know, if we want to increase slot car uh, appreciation and you know, draw new people into the hobby, maybe what we need is a fly-in-the-wall documentary about slot cars. Uh, and then I... My mind just went off in one, which I won't repeat now because it's largely libelous uh, about uh, you know some of the characters and even even trying to imagine do they have girlfriends? Never mind what they're like and uh, or boyfriends, you know, as some of us are. And um, so I enjoy. I had a very great. I had a lot of fun in my head imagining the slot car fly on the wall Netflix documentary. There could um, be quite a lot of worrying footage, but um, yeah. Yes, I think it would be. I think it would be interesting. So let's let's let's. If someone picks that up, if next year on Netflix there's a, you know, you hear about this, it was, it started here. Um, getting us back to slow cars. <laughs> <laughs> least so we've done. We've done Carrera. We've done uh, SEX. We've done Hobby Classic. It won't take fly. Slotted. Oh yes, slotted slotted polycar. I think it's a bit like you know. Bosnia Herzegovina, as, as it used to be, you have to kind of put them together. <laughs> That's probably a bad political reference. Yeah. But, uh, um, slot it, Polycar. So uh, you're unimpressed by the volume, I think. Well, you, I haven't seen any new Polycar announcements. I might have missed that. Um, what I've seen is Maurizio sitting in front of what I think was your bookcase and or your case behind you. <laughs> and he unveiled the Datsun, which we've already seen, and I've already gone, meh. Um, <laughs> we, we are the fans who go, meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Slotit has never done anything that has disinterested me before. So this is a first. Uh, I think when you get one in your hand, I think you'll feel differently. <clears throat> No. Or should I say, when you see one running? Because I think it's a small, quick saloon. I think you'll to think go you'll with go all those it. other small, quick saloons. Yeah, well, there's other. Well, you know, um, Revo Slaughter it's doing like the, them. It's like the Skyline. It's got the Skyline, which runs competitively with nothing else. What the Group E Skyline? Or yeah, you mean the Group the Group Five car? Well, it's a Group E car. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> all the other Group A cars are sort of, you know, toys. They're scale electric or whatever. Then they're, they're not slot it once. So if you enter a, a Group A race, I'm going to just can I just say they're, they're all toys. Yeah, they are all toys. <laughs> so I delight in saying on the forum. I can hear the brickbats arriving. <laughs> they, yeah, they are all they're toys. All toys. Um, I, but you know what I mean. I know what you, you know mean. What I know what I mean. Uh, and this subject will come up later in our, our next massive project, which we haven't announced yet. I um, I think I think Slotter are being wise, not surprisingly, because it's wise people who run the company. They're not taking on too much, or they're not over because I think trading conditions, shall we call it that, have been tough, and I think they're going to get tougher. And so I think it's it's probably not a bad thing to be relatively modest in the ambitions for 2024. 
there's modesty, and then there's modesty, isn't there? But um, two mattress, which I already thought had come out, um, clearly you can never You can never have too. You can never have too many Lamont mattress. I think that's just a simple law of the universe. That one. Okay, I like mine, and it's very quick, and it wins lots of races in our seventies Lamont class. But um, yeah, uh, it's just another mattress. Sorry, um, and the Datsun just, just, just makes no that. sense. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, I was busy sort of being in nappies at the time. Well, you so. did see the, he did see the when he first showed the the Nissan Datsun uh, that this is the beginning of a whole new series of. So there will be cars to go along with it, which, based on what Revo Slot have been launching, is going to be BMW two thousand twos, Cadet, all that sort of little saloon stuff. So there may be more. Which begs the question, you know, Revo Slot running against uh, Slot Tip. There's there's, uh, opportunities for variations. Other stuff that either of them could be doing. Well, a phrase that I misuse a lot, and it doesn't make sense to say, you know, Airfix don't make any money from Revo selling a Spitfire kit, uh, which is relating to plastic model companies where everybody goes, oh, bring out something that we haven't already got. You know, everybody makes a, a Spitfire. Well, that's because people buy Spitfires and they make money from it. If you don't make a Spitfire, you're not you're not making any money from those. So I, you know, I, I find the slot car com- the slot car companies aren't that bad. They do tend to find gaps that haven't been covered. But I presume you know Formula One, whatever. These are all things that they would they would all they, licensing not allowing. They would all make all the Formula One cars if they could. Um, I wish it was you know. WEC hypercars. I wish everybody was making hypercars. At the minute, we're only getting scale auto, I think. And Avon. And Avon. So, you know, I'd, I'd love Slot It to make the hypercars. Uh, I'd love it for Carrera and Selectrix to make them, actually. I'd like a nice model of all those hypercars. Um, doesn't need to go like the wind, but yeah, that's some people. Anyway, usual path, Scott. I'm not a racer, I'm a player, a collector. And, um, I don't really care how fast they go. It's, you know, my track's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have more fun. Uh, this is true with the rally cars, especially true with the rally cars, actually. If a car is a bit slippy-slidey and therefore I have to be a bit more delicate on the throttle and I have to kind of balance it through the corner, etc., that's more fun than something which is going... Sorry, shaking my because I'm worth it. Um, <laughs> I have anyway, that problem too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's only because I'm too tight to pay for a haircut. <laughs> I was, I was tempted during the pandemic. I, I, I really needed a haircut when we got locked down for the first time, and therefore after like a month or two, we thought this is going on and on, and the weather was very good. I was getting really hot, so I just took the dog. Did you look like Cousin Nick? Was it just a pair of glasses on top of some hair? It was very interesting. I mean, it took a long time to come back. Anyway, uh, back to slot cars. Is there anything else that we've seen that's caught an eye that we should should mention for the third or fourth time? Yeah, quite. Have we mentioned Fly? (laughs) Uh, Only in the sense that we we have, but it may be in some of the other recordings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but just in case, it was the fact that we're still waiting on a tool moon and we're still waiting on uh, oh, yeah. Sienna no, Cosworth. We've done that. We've and, done that. 
So we've done all that. We've yeah. done that 15 years ago, um, in fact. <laughs> it's deja vu, deja vu. That one. <laughs> um, no, I think I think I think we've probably covered it. We've probably covered it. So we should probably uh, cross our fingers, hope yeah. this one has recorded properly, uh, and say goodbye to the nice people who have stuck with us listening. Tatty bye. <laughs> <laughs>